2: Another episode. If you don't like that, my guest is coming up in just a moment, but I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by New Works Plumbing. Locally owned for over 20 years, New Works has a fix for you. Whether it's leak detection, water line repair, plumbing repair, bathroom plumbing, New Works is a full service plumbing solution no matter how small or how large your plumbing problem they've got a fix for you just go to newworksplumbing.com that's n-e-w-w-r-x plumbing.com my guest today yeah we are going to talk some betting some wagering football season right around the corner and obviously a lot of people gear up for that and arthur de Caesar joining us right here on the podcast arthur great to have you on how are you
0: Grant, it's a pleasure to be here with you, my friend, and you said it. This is the best time of the year. Football right around the corner, and this is when all the gambling starts.
2: Yeah, before we start about the gambling, let's get into your background. How long you've been doing this, what do you do, and who you currently work for?
0: Sure, absolutely. So I've been in the business, you know, five or six years now. Moved to Vegas about eight years ago. I used to work for Caesars Sportsbooks, and now I've been at the Westgate Superbook for the last year. And I'm in the risk management room, and that's you know the room where we're creating the odds, moving the lines, doing all that type of stuff. We're kind of the think tank of the operation.
2: All right. So when you talk about think tank, let's get right into it. The news today of Deshaun Watson, his suspension goes from six games to eleven games. Does that change the over under with the Browns?
0: Well, it certainly does, Grant. And you know what we have to do right now is we have to take the Browns stuff off the board. Not necessarily the Super Bowl, but We have to take the AFC North off as far as division odds go. We have to take the Browns over under off. We have to take the Browns to make the playoffs uh, odds off. So we have to take a lot of the Browns stuff off the board and AFC North stuff so we can kind of refigure these odds. We knew he would get suspended. We obviously had the six. We didn't know if it would be the 11 or the full season. So now we kind of have to regroup here, come up with some new odds. And we'll have brand new odds out by the end of the day or early tomorrow.
2: All right. So that gets me to New Orleans and the uncertain situation with their star running back, Alvin Kamara, who at some point this year could very well be suspended. So how does that factor into their odds?
0: So quarterbacks obviously are always going to move the needle, especially a quarterback as great as Watson. Running backs, I'm not going to say they don't move the needle, but... If Alvin Kamara is suspended, we we won't even take Saints stuff off the board. It's just, it's not a running back league anymore. Kamara is a wonderful player, but, you know, there's just not enough with a running back, even when it comes to, like, the value of a point spread week in and week out. Quarterbacks can move a point spread week in and week out anywhere from three to seven points. A running back, maybe half a point. So, yeah, not much movement with an Alvin Kamara.
2: The world of sports gambling has changed significantly over the last couple of years. I was involved in the NBA for 32 years, and if you even mentioned the word gambling, it would be a no, 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 no. Now the NBA and other leagues obviously take in casinos as advertisers, sponsors, sports gambling. Their announcers now are allowed to talk about it. I can tell you first and foremost that the NBA broadcast meetings, it was made very clear, do not... Not talk about sports wagering so how big of a change have we seen in the last couple of years as it pertains to sports gambling
0: I don't think there's any question Grant I think the just the growth of it you know and it, it changes month to month week to week you know hour to hour almost like it just never ends you're right obviously the league you were in for all those years you know, they had all the rest dealing with the gambling stuff. And now every pregame show, someone's giving out an over-under. They're doing in-game stuff during it on all these broadcasts. It has completely changed. Obviously, the bottom line on all these sports shows are going to give you a point spread, and over-under. So I, I think – I don't even think we've seen, like, the tip of the iceberg yet. I think it's going to continue to grow and grow. Obviously, at some point, we probably will reach, like, a saturation with it. And then we'll have to scale back, and people are going to – realize there's certain people to listen, certain people not to listen to. Some people are trying to sell you stuff. Stuff. Some people are really just there because they enjoy wagering on games. So I don't really know where we're going to end up and what the happy medium is, but you know, we're going to see a lot more of this over the next three to five years. As
2: we talk today, the start of the NFL season is a little less than a month away. Where is the majority of the action leading up to week one in the National Football League?
0: Well Grant, if you're just gonna look at week one, there's a couple of things that already have moved. We have a little bit of movement, it's only a half point movement, but it comes from a sharp, you know, group that really got in on the Giants early. Giants at Titans week one. We had it six and a half as an opener. We've only moved to six, but that is off sharp respected money. Broncos at Seahawks, the Russell Wilson You know, debut back at home. He opens against his former club. There's been a lot of movement on that. But that's been public money. We opened the Broncos minus four on the road. They're now sitting five and a half. People think Denver will be good with Russell. And, you know, Seattle's going to be one of the worst three or four teams in the league. So, like I said, you've seen a point and a half move on that. And then a big-time game. Bucks at Cowboys. Obviously going to get a lot of national pub because it's the Cowboys. It's Tom Brady. You've actually seen good under money come in on that game open the total at 52. We're now sitting at 50 and a half and under money's continuing to come in. That game could probably reach under 50 by the time we get the kickoff.
2: Interesting. I look at the Bucks. I already look at their injuries on their offensive line. No Rob Gronkowski, Brady away for a couple of weeks. Does that factor into the number?
0: I mean, not really. You know, we always think, you know, Brady's going to be Brady. Obviously, the Bucks you, you you know when when they have Tom Brady at the quarterback, You have to keep their numbers low, whether it's Super Bowl odds, whatever it is, because people are going to bet him. It doesn't matter. He could go to any team and they're going to bet him. And, yeah, I'm with you. I think if you just look at the overall, like you said, the injuries, no gronk. I mean, the division's kind of soft outside of the Saints. You know, Carolina and Atlanta aren't that great. But I think people also are looking at that under because the Cowboy defense was so wonderful last year. You know, they had all those turnovers. Michael Parsons, one of the best defensive players in the league. People just feel maybe week one bucks are going to be getting themselves kind of together here. And it was too high of a total. That's why you've seen the under money coming. All right, I want to get back
2: to a game you mentioned a moment ago with the number on the Giants at the Titans. Giants also are a team that offensively still does not look very good to me. Offensive line, Lemieux is hurt. They have uh, to me issues at center and guards. You got a rookie right tackle. You got the uncertainty of Daniel Jones. I just don't see them scoring a lot of points at Tennessee. Listen,
0: let me just say this, Grant. I'm a Giants fan. So like, am I. Giant fan. Yeah, East Coast kid. So, I you know, I was shocked when I saw the sharp guys come in on the Giants. I think that's more anti-Tennessee mm-hmm. than it almost is pro-Giants, feeling that's too big of a number. Maybe the spread should be more four, four and a half. They'll take their extra two or three points. I think the Giants have a chance. Obviously, Saquon is a huge question mark. Daniel Jones, we know he's probably not the quarterback of the team next year, unless somehow they go 12 and five or 13 and four, which isn't going to happen. They don't pick up his fifth year option, but they've given him plenty of weapons here. You know, I mean, they've drafted receivers last year, Tony this year. Uh, you know, they draft him an offensive tackle in Neil. This Wanda Robinson guy is supposed to be really good. Barkley's a huge question mark. I think the line has gotten better year in and year out, but Like I said, I think the sharp groups look at that as more as an anti-Tennessee bet than a pro-New York bet, because I'm still skeptical of the Giants.
2: Oh, I am too. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'm not sure if you take the Giants' win total and the Jets' win total from this year that that number would win any division in the National Football League. I really mean that. I don't see a lot of wins for either team.
0: Oh, I don't disagree. And, you know, if you just look at both those teams, you know, we have Giants sitting Over, under, they're they're number seven. It's a flat number, minus 110 in both ways. And, you know, right now we have the Jet number off the board because of the Wilson news. Once again, quarterbacks always move the needle, whether it's a good, really good player like Watson or even a mediocre guy kind of trying to come up in a Zach Wilson. But before the Zach Wilson injury, we only had the Jets sitting at a five anyway. So, I mean, just there, we have the New York teams combined to win 12 games. Both are going to clearly be – the fourth choice in their division, whether it's the NFC East or the AFC East, both are really far down the board as far as those odds go. All
2: right, you talk about quarterbacks moving the needle week one, San Francisco at Chicago and the uncertainty around Trey Lance as he gets the keys to this car. Let's talk about that. Handicap that for me.
0: Well, I I think once again, I, I think a lot of people feel San Francisco will be good. You know, they have a lot of talent. Obviously, the Trey Lance, you know, the, them moving to Trey Lance is interesting. Obviously, he was a high pick, third pick in the draft. But once again, this kind of goes back to that Tennessee point. This is all anti-Bears. Anti the Bears are going to maybe be the worst team in the league. They have no talent. I mean, San Francisco, minus six and a half, week one road favorite. You, you know, that's a big type road favorite, especially a kid who's going to get his first start. But, you know, the way they're going to run the ball and play the defense, I don't even know if Chicago gets 10 points in the game. So – it's usually hard to lay that type of number early in the season, especially if you have uncertainty with the quarterback. But they probably won't set Trey Lance up early in the season to lose them games. They'll rely on that defense and that running game, and Chicago's just that bad.
2: What about trends at the beginning of the season? Is there consistency when you look at the last few years? Let's take a look at the games in September. Is there trends early on in the NFL season as far as dogs go?
0: You know, Grant, I think one of my favorite early season – Trends is if you're getting a divisional team at home as a dog in week one, that's actually been a really good trend. Mm -hmm. Minnesota is a team that falls into that at home, getting a couple of points against Green Bay. There are a couple of other teams that are put in that scenario that you're not going to love, like Atlanta getting five five and a half against the Saints. But a lot of the times, those divisional dogs, even throughout this throughout the year, can be good. Home dogs of the NFL are always usually pretty good, but That week one number I was seeing the other day, it's hitting like 60% over like the last 10 years when a week one home dog is, you know, getting points, obviously, as a home dog. So I think that's a trend to keep your eye on. But I think when you look at trends from like a previous year, a lot of times they're hard to equate them to the next year. And you kind of have to see what happens in the first month of the season. You take it in quadrants. What happens in September? What happens in October? And then you start to go, and then the cream rises to the top, and then you start looking at the seasonal trends.
2: How big are prop bets leading up to week one?
0: Oh, prop bets are huge. You know, obviously the week in and week out prop bets, you know, on like Patrick Mahomes have 291 yards over under. But, you know, these player props as far as seasonal props go, like who's going to lead the league in passing yards, who's going to lead in rushing yards, those type of things. We've seen such a big growth, and I've seen a huge growth in the weekly player props as far as you know in my five or six years in the business you know when i first started when i was working at caesars we barely would have props on any of the games we'd have them on the standalone games thursday night sunday night monday night football now you you have to have them on all these games and obviously there's some sites that offer props on you know the third string tight end i mean there are just props on everything now so We've started to build and build and build more to that. And I think over the next three to five years, we'll have to get to where some of our competitors are because you got to stay with the market.
2: I think one of the most intriguing games in week one are the Raiders and the Chargers. I mean, both these teams could win the division. They both have improved their rosters in the off season. I would think a shootout. What's the number of the over under on this game?
0: Yeah, that that's, you know, one of those divisional games, obviously that was that crazy game that ended the season last year. Raiders at Chargers. I'm with you. Hardest, hardest division. Kind of a pick in the whole league in the AFC West. Chargers sitting as a three and a half point home favorite, total at fifty-two. I'm with you. If the Raiders are going to win any games this year, they're going to win them 35-28. Right. Those are the type of games. You know, that's the type of games the Raiders are going to win. They're not going to win 17-14. There's just no way. Obviously, Herbert has been a huge, huge story in the offseason. A lot of people love him. We actually moved the Chargers Super Bowl odds. From twenty to one to ten to one last week off a huge five figure bet. Chargers are getting a lot of love, not only in the week to week stuff, but as far as the future book goes, a lot of Charger backers this year.
2: Are the Bills currently the favorite to win the Super Bowl?
0: They are. We have the Bills sitting at six to one. I think this is I don't want to say it's a make or break year, you gotta win this year because if you have a guy like Josh Allen and he stays healthy, gotta have a wonderful career, you're obviously gonna be competitive every year but the bills have been building and building and building and knocking at the door obviously they played that classic game against the chiefs last year bills sitting at 6 to 1 i think the bills now it's a little bit different when you got the bullseye on your back mm-hmm. you know now now you're the team where everyone's saying okay you guys are the super bowl odds there's a lot of teams sitting in that afc looking like hey what about us you know cincinnati saying we were just in the super bowl the chiefs have been the class of the afc since mahomes has gotten there so Also, to the AFC, it's a gauntlet. Just getting through the AFC is going to be tough. Every team is good for the most part. That playoff is going to be nuts in the AFC. But I think the Bills, this is really now like a win-type team. But – To me, there's no value
2: at 6-1. to When you talk about value, I remember when Jordy Nelson left the Packers, and we thought Rodgers might take a little bit of a step back, and then boom, he makes Devontae Adams into one of the best receivers in the National Football League, but now Adams is gone. So when you analyze teams, when you make lines, do you just look at the quarterback and go, you know, it really doesn't matter who he's throwing to. If it's Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be successful. Does it change the over-under total number of wins when a player like Adams leaves, or not really?
0: No, and, you know, that goes back to the running back thing. It's going to be the same with the receiver. You know, Adams, makes the case, one of the two, three, four, definitely top five receiver in the league. I mean, he's a wonderful talent, but you have to start with the quarterback. And then a lot of times, too, we're going to go on coaches because the coach is so important in the NFL, unlike a lot of these other sports, the coach, the coaching staff, the schedule, the division, kind of what's going on, the personnel. And obviously with a quarterback, it's offensive line, you know, Rodgers is going to obviously be hurt a little bit by Adams leaving, but he's done this his whole career. I mean, you know, they drafted a kid in the first round out of South Dakota State. Maybe he makes him a really good player. I mean, Lazard has been there, so he's been in the system. I'm sure him and Rodgers have a really nice rapport. I don't think he's going to be Devontae Adams, but Aaron Rodgers is still healthy. He's still Aaron Rodgers. And once again, the division, I know the Lions have been a darling in the offseason. A lot of people like betting them. Chicago obviously going to be really bad. Minnesota's a pretty good team, but you know, they're still the class of the NFC North even if they lose
2: Adam. Very interesting. As uh, we are talking about some sports wagering right here, it's always fun uh, to get ready for the start of the NFL season. I was talking with Sean Salisbury yesterday, and we both agreed that the one guy that I am really curious to see is Kyler Murray with the Cardinals, because through 10 games last year, he was really the leading candidate for MVP in the NFL. And then when DeAndre Hopkins got hurt, he looked absolutely lost, terrible, was absolutely, putrid in the playoff loss i mean i don't know if i've ever seen a quarterback play worse than him so handicap him for me and the expectations let's talk about the numbers first but to me i i just really don't know what to expect from this guy
0: i'm with you on murray uh you know they were kind of a surprise last year starting off as well as they did i think they started off seven and oh And then you're right. He loses Hopkins. They go into that playoff game. It looked like he wanted to be anywhere but there. He was probably thinking about playing baseball at that (laughs) point. But, you know, (laughs) the Cardinals are one of those teams in the over-under market that has seen good under money. We opened their number nine. It was minus 130 on the over, which honestly probably was a bad number to juice it to the over because nobody bit. And now we've moved the Cardinal number down to eight and a half. And if you want the over now, you're still paying juice at eight and a half at minus 120, but that number's moved. You know, in the over under market, a lot of times you're just moving the money. Maybe you start minus 110, you can get to minus 140, minus 150. You don't see a lot of movement as far as tweaking it half a game. Rarely do you see a game unless there's like a major injury in preseason. And then, like I said, a lot of the times we take the number off the board and we readjust, but the Cardinals have moved and I'm with you. I don't like that team at all. I'm not a Murray guy. I think the division obviously is interesting. We talked about the Niners. The Niners with all the talent. We don't know about Trey Lance. The Rams obviously, you know, is this a gravy year for them? They win the Super Bowl. You know, the Rams have so much top talent, but not a lot of depth. They had no injuries last year. What's going to happen with them as far as this year? You would think maybe some of that injury luck would go against them this year. And obviously Seattle is going to be one of the worst teams in the league. But I still think, having said all that i still think the cardinals are the third best team in that division Hmm.
2: you've been in this business for a while so we do know that there are some people that cannot control their gambling uh there are others that can and manage it do you have any advice for those that might be thinking about getting into sports betting for the first time or they've only done it a little and they're thinking well i've got a little bit of extra money i'm gonna kind of Dab into it so I can enjoy watching the games more. What advice do you have for that individual?
0: You know, Grant, I always look at it like this. This is a kid, you know, I'm a kid who's been making sports waitress since he's 17, 18 years old. You know, this is going back a bet with bookies. But, you know, I think I always tell people don't like oversaturate your gambling. Like if you're a football fan, just make a couple bets on football. Obviously, never gamble more than, you know, you can. And all that, you know, your discretionary income, if it's only $10, that's what you bet on the week. You bet a $10 parlay or, you know, a teaser card or whatever the case may be. But, you know, if you're not a baseball fan or a, football or a basketball fan or a hockey fan, or, don't go into those sports that you're not into. You know, I love all sports, but there are some sports I just can't handicap or bet. So I just enjoy them as a fan. I don't need to have a wager on the game. And, you know, I just stick to the sports I like to bet on and feel I can make money on. And, it, you know, it's a great point that you make because so many people are now getting into this space and it's, you know, putting everyone's face where, you know, you're watching a pregame show or you're watching ESPN and it's on the bottom line or whatever the case may be. So I just always just tell people, have fun with it. Don't think you're going to become a millionaire or get rich off betting on sports because it's not going to happen. And just like I said, try to have fun with it and, you know, bet $20. It's not the end of the world. You can still have fun betting $20.
2: Speaking of having fun, uh, before you came on, I went and checked out the website of Westgate. Wow, that's some super book. You talk about a great place to watch sports. Uh, I was extremely impressed when I checked out the website.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Grant, listen, I, I think if, you're, if you've if you been in the sports gambling industry, I, you know, once again, East Coast kid, I remember reading about the Westgate with, you know, our famous super contest, which is now in year 35, which is the number one football handicap capping contest in the country. So I remember that, you know, the Westgate even being on my radar when I'm a kid growing up in New York and Connecticut. So it's like one of those things where like, you know, if you know sports gambling and you're ever in Vegas, a lot of people like to stop by the Westgate because we have football center. We have a big theater with stadium seating where people can sit. Like we really are a true and true sports betters paradise.
2: Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up?
0: No, you know, Grant, listen, I think this was wonderful, man. You know, we've been talking, obviously, a little bit through Twitter, and I, I was, I'm was i really happy I was able to come on and talk to you a little bit, you know, give out some football opinions, obviously, a couple weeks away. And, now, man, you know, like I said, if, if anyone's ever in Vegas and they want to come down to the Westgate, come ask for Arthur to Caesar. I've had plenty of people. I've gone on a, a million shows in my life, and I had people come in. You know, I'll get you set up with what you need, seats, set up for the app, sheets, uh, drink tickets, whatever you need. Come down to the Westgate in Vegas. You ask for me, and I'll get—I'll get you hooked up with whatever you need.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress—we all have it to a degree, big, small. But I think you can agree, we all carry around Additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/grant today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. dot slash grant. I hope you got some good information from that conversation with Arthur. Let's now get to our Crowd Q and A. Just go to crowdultra.com and maybe I will answer your question on next week's podcast. All right, Alex wants to know what's your take on the NBA not playing on election day. I don't think it makes that big of a difference. I think it's part of their whole woke movement. So I'm okay with it, but I think we all know why they're doing it. Uh, Rich wants to know, agree or disagree with David Ortiz and Fernando Tatis Sr. saying the MLB could have handled Tatis Jr. suspension better. Rich, I really don't know enough about it other than what I've read. Could have they handled it better? What could they have done better? I guess that is the question. He tested positive. He suspended for 80 games. Uh, He came out with a statement, explained what it was. A rule is a rule. I'm not really sure how else to answer that question. Ben asked, could I see the NBA lockout happen in the next few years? I would say it's unlikely, Ben, based on what I am hearing. Josh asked, should NFL players be better monitored for CTE symptoms during their careers and not allowed to play if there are certain indicators? Indicators, yes. CTE obviously is uh, diagnosed upon death in the uh, autopsy of a brain. I would think, yes, that indicators would prevent someone from being on the field Uh, if it is chronic, if it is affecting their lives. Yes, absolutely. I think so. Aaron wants to know, what do you think about the fan removed from the Western and Southern Open at the request of a Russian player for wearing a Ukrainian flag around your shoulders. Listen, there's a big war going on with Russia and Ukraine. I get it. All right, there's a lot of sensitivity. It's a sporting event, okay? It's a sporting event. Maybe it wasn't the best thing in the world if you have Russian athletes participating and a fan is going to come in with a Ukrainian flag. I, I get that. I understand. All right, I'm okay with that. Giant, or Jake wants to know, uh, did I sense how popular the NBA would become before Bird and Magic were around? No, good question. And I don't think anyone could have. Josh wants to know, the Jazz say they're in Donovan Mitchell trade talks with the Knicks again. Do you think he'll be traded before game one of the season? I haven't heard that the Jazz have said that. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Ryan wants to know, how many brawls is it going to take before NFL teams stop practicing with each other? I don't think they're going to stop. I think they like it. I think they get a lot done. Yeah, the brawls are not good. But quite frankly, Ryan, I don't think you're going to see that stop. Zach wants to know, does LeBron's extension surprise you? Two years, over 90 million? No. I mean, he is LeBron freaking James. All right? He is. I mean, he's the real freaking deal, whether you like him or not. I mean, I have the utmost respect for him as a player. Off the court, it's a completely different story. And that is our crowd ultra Q and a just go to crowdultra.com and maybe I'll answer your question on next week's podcast.
1: It's time for rant, 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 rant.
2: So we go through months and months and months and months to Sean Watson. And now the final verdict that is in a settlement of 11 games and a $5 million fine. And yet, Deshaun Watson comes out and apologizes, but then says he didn't do anything wrong. And then he's asked, well, why are you apologizing then? I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. Deshaun Watson has absolutely ruined his legacy, okay? Tarnished, ruined, call it whatever you want. But this guy is a freaking joke. He is not dealing with reality. And here we are, and he still is trying to let everyone know that he didn't do anything wrong, but yet he comes out and apologizes. I mean, this whole thing has been screwed up from day one. It took this long to get to this point, and now 11 games. By the way, when he's back on the field, it will be against his former team, the Houston Texans. What a joke. And that's my rant for today. That is my podcast for today. Hope you have a great weekend, and thank you so much for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier.
0: 18 plus.